Blue Collar Fitness. What is Blue Collar? Blue Collar is a mindset and attitude, and it's work that you can be proud of. I'm Trevor Powers. I'm Connor Burton. And I'm Josh Sargent. Whether you go to the gym, work at the gym, own the gym, or if you're just a creeper pretending to do curls watching girls on the elliptical, this podcast is for you, even you. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Blue Collar Fitness. Today's guest is Eric Jernstorm, and he is actually a fellow OSU alum. Uh, Well, even though I didn't graduate. Anyways, uh, so he is a strength and conditioning coach. He is a certified personal trainer. He he owns his own business, um, which is called E-Force and Performance. And he is, uh, he is our guest today, and we are going to go over everything from, from fitness to family and COVID and everything, and uh, I hope you guys enjoy the show. All right, man. Well, welcome to Blue Collar Fitness, dude. I, I really appreciate you uh, coming on and give us, giving us your time. Yeah, yeah you, you probably just got the text from Josh saying that he's, he's uh, got bad chicken or something. <laughs> yeah. <I don't> <laughs> No bueno, poor guy. <laughs> so the, the number one rule about chicken is you don't want to you, you don't want to let it sit for like three days or so. So I wonder if that's what happened, or maybe that's he had too much. Likely chicken, what happened, or too All much right. Chick Fil A. I don't know. All right, pushing pushing the meal prep a little too long. <laughs> yeah. So Josh is uh, in recovery right now, but uh, sure. we are here holding the fort down. Um, and I think all of us. Like let's let's kind of point out the elephant in the room. We're all beavers, so why don't you kind of like start with your kind of journey um, at OSU, Eric? Like what right. brought you to State? Right. You know, it's actually kind of an interesting story. So before Oregon State, I actually was at Southern Oregon University, so an NAI school here in, in uh, Oregon, playing football. In uh, my um, graduate assistant strength and conditioning coach at the time john roy he's now the strength and conditioning coach at i think it's college of the western state so d2 school up in the midwest uh he knew i was really passionate about fitness and strength and conditioning you know i'm an undersized guy trying to play football at the college level so i needed every competitive advantage i could get so i kind of lived in the weight room personally uh and he shot me straight when he heard that i wanted to be a strength coach he's like look dude you know, the connections you're going to build at a small NAI school in Oregon is not what you need for the goals that you have of being a high level strength coach. Cause I wanted to be in the college sector as a head guy somewhere big. So he's like, let me get you in contact with uh, Brian Miller at the time, who is currently at that time, the director of strength and conditioning at Oregon state. Uh, he's like, if you want, I can try to get you in contact with him, do an internship. So I transferred over. I had no guarantee. I, I enrolled in the school and then I walked in the weight room one day and was like, Hey, I want an internship at like 19 years old. And he's like, like all right, you can, yeah. He's like, all right, you can start working the kids camp. And so I kind of started there and then, you know, did all the grunt work just to try to earn some respect. And then, uh, yeah, that, that was an awesome experience and, and kind of took me to where I am now. Very direct. Very direct. I like that. You, yeah. you know, you know, your goals, you know what you want. So just go in there and take it, man. I right. appreciate that. I could have probably been a little bit more time sensitive. I walked in in the middle of a football lift. So as you can imagine, it's, Ooh. you know, five strength coaches and 60 guys. <laughs> and I was like, can someone tell me where Brian Miller is? And he's like in the middle of coaching lifts and basically like, you know, politely like, send me a resume and like, get the fuck out. Basically <laughs> we'll deal with this later. So, uh, but he was amazing. He took a, a meeting with me, you know, Mike Johnson was kind of the internship coordinator that I dealt with the majority yep. of the time. Mike, uh, he's a rock solid dude. I know we all know that guy by now. So, uh, he's done a ton for young guys like us trying to like get, a, get our feet wet in the profession. Well, dude, it's always good to have mentors. And I think like you, you really fit that role. I checked out your, um, um, performance website um and sure. remi- rem- remind me of the name again so e-force like yeah e-force yeah, sports so e-force um you're big on coaching performance like and it, it seems like you you have a lot lined up for the summer like you have camps um from like august 17th 18th 19th for like youth camps right um so why don't you tell us a little bit about like how like what got what got you inspired to teach youth camps because i can tell that you're really um passionate about that right you know it's interesting so i guess kind of going back to oregon state when i finished up there you know my last 
my ending was in the turnover from Riley's staff to Anderson's staff. So that was a huge eye-opening experience when you watch all your friends get fired, right? Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, this is what it looks like in college. Like everybody talks about the volatility of the college sector of, you know, every three to five years you're moving somewhere. But until you see it, you're like, damn, that's, it's pretty cutthroat. You know, it just, it, it is what it is. And not everybody gets a job after that. And I didn't want my fate to be put in the hands of someone who might not directly understand my position. Um, and so I had a phenomenal opportunity. I started interning under Mark McLaughlin, who's a like world renowned sports performance coach in the private sector. One of the first guys to popularize like some of the Russian methods coming over, you know, close with Dr. Yesis and uh, Val Nasedkin and these guys at Omega Wave who are just geniuses in the field and fortunate to land an opportunity to work under him. Um, and then from there, you know, he really started implementing this idea of long-term athlete development. You know, you don't train, youth kids like you do professional kids and he really preached the best coaches need to be at the youth sector because that's when they're the most pliable like neurologically endocrinely you know so on and so forth and so I started really diving into long-term athlete development you know recognizing we kind of have a broken system for a PE model uh, and recognizing all these kids over specialized too early and they mute their athletic development and their long-term genetic potential and so I was like I want to start from the ground up the the sexy stuff with the NFL guys and stuff that I'm fortunate to do that's cool but you know the bread and butter is with the young kids and giving them a platform to build their athletic you know base and their foundation so when they do specialize um, they're going to be the best that they can be whether that's just high school college or you know professional yeah and and I, I was looking through your website and one of the things that you focus on is the e and you're in, in the business is right. education. You're, you're educating all these kids on, on proper, proper way to gain, like specialize in, in their, in their industry or their field or what, whatever they're going into. Right. And uh, I feel like that's something that, that a lot of, a lot of these camps don't really do. They're just like, Oh, let's do some plyometrics. Oh, let's see some speed stuff, whatever. And it's like, there's no specialization. Mm-hmm. uh for for majority but especially like i used to go to i used to go to sports camps all the or football camps and wrestling camps all the time growing up and it was always it was always the same thing like it it wasn't specialized it was just it was just cut just clean cut just this is what you're gonna do instead of like hey let's actually dive into learning about like what you need for this sport right. Right. And, you know, a lot of it is, especially at the really young level, you know, looking at like grade school to middle school, it's just opportunities for free play, you know, overly structured programs for those kids, you know, don't allow them to access their creativity to kind of build that kinesthetic awareness and try things out. That's why things like gymnastics and dance are so beneficial for these kids really young, just to build that proprioception, that balance you know, have the autonomy to be creative. You know, we let them make up a bunch of different games with some constraints around it. And, you know, they have a blast and they give great effort and they build a really positive relationship with fitness. And I mean, as you guys can appreciate, the bigger art overarching goal is, you know, not everybody's going to play sports forever. And a lot of people, they end up playing sports or their sport career ends in high school. Well, if all they remember from their sports career is that they have this negative psychological connotation with doing suicides and they hate physical activity, then they're going to be sedentary the rest of their life potentially. And so we want to build a really positive, healthy relationship with fitness that is kind of through the lens of sports performance, that if they stop playing sports or when sports end, they enter into regular society as a general population client for maybe one of you guys. And they love fitness. They're passionate about it. They find ways to be physically active. They understand the benefits as opposed to saying, you know, I hear gassers. I immediately like quiver. Like, I don't want to do that. You know yeah. what I mean? So um, I think that's, I, we hope we, we, yeah, we hope that it maybe pushes the needle in terms of the, you know, uh, obesity epidemic, but that maybe that's pie in the sky. I don't know. That's pretty awesome how you're taking your role as a coach, Eric, and making people better humans as far as kinesthetic awareness. So their ability to move through space and to be able to, you know, know their own own body, but also to appreciate fitness and um, just overall performance, just to have fun. And I right. think, I don't know, I think, was there, was there a time where you growing up, like where you had some, like, was there any bad coaching experiences or good coaching experiences? I'm kind of curious about like what yeah. inspired you to go, route like what started you out right that 
Yeah, that's a great question. You know, I've always been super into sports. I, I played sports my whole life. My dad was uh, a freak of an athlete. He was a state champion boxer, had division one scholarships for football and, and wrestled in college uh, all at five, five. So um, it was, it was a crazy and, and really kind of pushed the, the positive influence of sports on me without being, you know, forceful of it. Um, but I had a few coaches here or there that were very, what I would say, like militant. And maybe that personality is great for a specific age group. But as a youth, you know, we just love playing sports. We all want to be, a, you know, pretend to be our favorite athlete as we're on the practice fields and in games. And, you know, we get in trouble for wanting to be creative or wanting to have fun. And, and uh, you know, I remember those things. And so now being a coach, working with those young kids, I'm very mindful of the way that I interact with them and not try to demean them or shame them for having fun being physically active because at the end of the day you know if they go home tired and they said I had a positive experience even if it's not exactly what we hope to get out of the camp in terms of maybe football skills or running drills or whatever I mean it's still a huge win in my book that's awesome was there like a specific sport that kind of inspired you or like a certain experience like did you get inspired yourself from because your camp one of your camps is about you know PE like right for for me it was PE and uh you know like Arnold Schwarzenegger like the the bodybuilding stuff like what was sort of sort of your original inspiration right so um I mean I had I had some really good mentors growing up as youth but in high school our high school football coach was actually really well versed in the weight room so he went to play football at Western Oregon he had a degree in exercise science we actually ran Russian training systems in our so we had periodized programs with percentages you know we went from high volume to low volume so we went jealous. seven seven five threes was our skills you know for lower body days we had plyometrics we had it all built in uh so it was actually pretty nails and that got me really passionate and uh then I had a buddy of mine that I went to high school with who was equally as passionate and so one day when we were just looking up you know bodybuilding.com and those things we stumbled across yep. T Nation T Nation led us to Joe DeFranco and Joe DeFranco is maybe the most popular private sector guy there is out there in sports performance. And, you know, this is in 2008. Uh, and I saw what he was doing in his gyms and we tried to do the same thing in our weight room in high school and run ourselves through programs. And I said, I want that. Like, that's cool to me. Like I want to be able to do something like that. So uh, kind of that's what started the bigger inspiration of wanting to be in the field. I always knew I wanted to coach. I just didn't know exactly what at the time. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, something that I had a question about, um because i i know jenna your your wife she we were on the the oregon state cheer and dance team yeah whatever let's go (laughs) yeah but um so you guys recently had a a child sure and and i was just wondering what what do you plan on uh really focusing on to try to instill the that positive that positive um relationship with with fitness and activity in into your own your own kid right yeah you know it's interesting I think about this nonstop. like I don't want to be the overbearing dad who mm-hmm. feels like my kid has to you know be a great athlete because I'm so passionate about sports and sports performance and fitness um, so I just first and foremost want to be great at something I don't care if it's architecture or he's a thespian or you know, he's a great singer. I, I mean, he probably won't be because I suck at singing, but, uh, you know, <laughs> I just want him to be exceptional at whatever he's passionate about. But I also want to introduce him to how, how much fitness changed my life and sports performance changed my life. So, you know, right now uh, we have him doing some parent-child classes with us at this place called The Little Gym. And it's basically these exploration classes where they're in a gymnastic setting. They get to walk across balance beams. You build and bond a relationship with your kid. You know, so my son, we get to try all these little things like forward rolls and jump in the ball pit. And it's just a really cool experience for them to be in a safe environment and socially interact with other kids and run around and do free play and, you know, try some of these general kinesthetic skills around and, you know, without pushing him to do it more than he wants to, he gets kind of mad if he doesn't get a go. Um, (laughs) You know, he's at the house and he's trying to do handstands. And so we're not asking him to do that. So it's, you know, kind of the slow burn, but I imagine when he gets older, my hope would be, I'd prefer not to coach him because I wanted to have other influences other than me. And I want to keep that relationship separate, ideally. But if he comes to me and were to ask, like, dad, can you coach me? I would definitely say yes. But yeah. I want to build that relationship, you know, a healthy relationship. And I want to be just his number one fan more than anything. 
Yeah, that's that's something that my dad and I struggled with uh, when when I was growing up in sports and and he would always try to coach me. And then uh, if I didn't do exactly what he said, then there was a right. frustration there. And then he was like, he was like, OK, I can't oh. do this anymore. Like, I'm, I'm done. I'm done. Yeah. And yeah. it's just like I, I totally understand <laughs> it. I can I can see it. But uh, back to what you're saying with the gymnastics, it, it's just like it, I feel like that's one of the best things for a kid is because it's it's knowing your own body, knowing mm-hmm. your own body in, in a space instead of like you versus an opponent, right. you're, you're getting some spatial awareness, you're getting balance, you're, you're get, gaining confidence. Uh, I feel like gymnastics is, is potentially one of the best things, especially for, for younger, like under, under five years old is like perfect because they gain that confidence. And then once they gain interest in other sports, then it's like, okay, I'm confident enough to do that. Yeah. Well, it's funny too. Like when I think about it, like, you know, you bring up cheer and dance, which, you know, I battle every day to try to validate that as a sport to other people who played like (laughs) team sports. Right. So I got some buddies who are, who played football at division one schools and they're like cheer dance. I'm like, Hey, you, you show me like a back tuck. Like you show me that you can, I mean, even do like a, a turn three times in a row, like some of these dancers do and not fall over. Like, it's not as easy as you think. And, you know, I have mad respect for all of the things that go in there uh, and, and the things that happen with regards to cheer and dance. So, um, you know, in, in some aspects, I would argue that it's more of an athletic endeavor than some of these other sports that are so skill-based, right? You don't have to be you know, for some of these sports, it's just like, Hey, I got great hand-eye coordination. Cool. I'm like, I'm, I'm good. But like, I can't like do some of these other things. So, uh, yeah. Uh, D- Braxton's going to get into gymnastics or dance or something. I promise you that. That's awesome. I feel like overall athleticism is a, is a great thing to, to have. And I'll tell you what, I mean, go to go back to gymnastics for me. I, I always loved, I don't know about you guys, but I always loved jumping in the foam pit. Yep. 100%. 100%. But I got I got so embarrassed when I I stunted uh I did a, did a stunt with Rose and this is like like 4 or 5 years ago. Here I am this bodybuilder um and I had just gotten to a little bit of, you know, weightlifting with like bench press. I was bench pressing 405 or whatever. So I tried to do what do you call this one Trevor when you the push him overhead yeah. um, a chair. Oh, a chair. Oh, no. I literally, okay. dro- <laughs> yeah, I dropped her like 15 times before I landed it. So it's just like, yeah, it's one of those things that I wish I could do better, but I have it's a lot just, of respect for it's just a, It's a completely different movement. And like, it's, it's something like, like if you try to lift a human being like a weight, you're going to be disappointed because that's not what that is. That's, that's a, I mean, I hate it. To, I hate to put it this way, but it's like a sack of meat. You're it's, right. it's so unbalanced. You, you can't like, and it's, it's completely out of your control because that person has their own brain that, that thinks about balance and stuff like that too. So it's just like, it, it's just, uh, it's just a matter of, of really having trust with that person and really good uh, coordination and understanding of whatever skill you're doing. So, well, yeah. I'll tell you, I'll tell you one funny story you guys will appreciate. Uh, and uh, just to kind of put a period on the topic, I remember vividly uh, when I was at Oregon State as an intern, I also competed in weightlifting. So snatch, clean and jerk, you know, and I, I had a, a slightly above average numbers, which was whatever. But I remember being on research stadium doing a tempo workout. So just, you know, easy hundred yard, you know, jogs for a recovery day. And you guys were out there doing your stunting. And I watched someone take a spill on uh, on a stunt or one of the flyers like elbowed one of the guys in the face. And I was like, you know what? I, I'm just going to keep on doing these tempos. <laughs> this is like, that is unbelievably impressive. And the dude just gets up, like shakes it off, goes right back into it. It was mad respect. I, I, I can't have enough respect for what you guys did. It was pretty sweet. Yeah, I've definitely been rocked a few times. That was, <laughs> right. uh, that was fun. That was real right. fun. That's Dave, awesome. you said you had a question? I do. Um, I, I just want to back up just a little bit about uh, about being a dad. Um, yeah, sure. Y- y- you know, j- just life coaching in general, the thing that I run into a lot with a lot of 20, 30-year-olds is they didn't have that strong, um, you know, father presence when it came to athleticism, especially, uh, and the things. And 
the things that you talked about are, are so enlightened and it's like you're so far ahead of, of a lot of, of uh, new fathers out there, younger fathers. Um, what have you run into with fathers of your athletes? Like, are they, do they back off or are they literally like telling you how to coach their child mm -hmm. or what's, what's your, what's, what's your feedback on that? Like what, what would a, what would a perfect father be in your world? Right, man, that is a huge question to unpack, but I appreciate where you're at. And I love this topic, you know, first and foremost, I'll tell you what, I think I was very blessed growing up because I grew up, well, maybe some don't think so, but I grew up in a family of, of, <laughs> like a psychological experiment. So my dad has two master's degrees in psychology, one from Whitman, one from UCLA. He has a doctorate in theology from Cal. My mom has a, my mom's a social worker. So she has an undergrad in psychology and then her master's in psychology. Um, so I feel like I was in like a psychological experiment all the time. Like, There's never like a right <laughs> answer and everything felt like really open-ended and like ambiguous. But I mean, it, it, it made me really, like you said, kind of enlightened to the idea of like, uh, the bigger picture, I guess, and kind of altruism and whatnot. Anyways, I say all that to say, I think the best dads or the best parents that I've been around are um, the ones who, and I'm stealing this quote from my high school football coach, uh, release their athletes to the game. So he always said, look, you, I want you guys to be the number one fan. I'm the coach. You need to release your player to the game. So, you know, stand on the sideline, cheer for him, root for him, but let me do my job. You know, you came here for my services to provide. Um, you know, I would love to hear your input within reason, but when it comes down to the nuts and bolts, um, you know, I can only guarantee what I can guarantee if you allow me to fully do what I do. So I need full commitment from your mm -hmm. kids. I, I want to build a relationship with your kids where they're the ones that are being advocates, not you speaking for them. Um, and so a lot of times we set up meetings where we'll meet with the parent and the kid and then we'll ask the parent to leave and just meet with the kid. Um, and the parents that are able to do that, which to be honest with you are more often than not, uh, the ones that we work with because, um, our business model is just set up to attract those types of people um build really healthy relationships with their kids and are, are oddly enough correlate to some of the kids who end up going the furthest in sports wow that, that's awesome and, and i think a lot of people don't realize that and and i know trevor i think your dad was really good with, with that and from just from the conversations that, that that we've talked about and also it's, it's just really nice to to hear that because i know that right now a lot of a lot of fathers they're they're trying their best and sometimes things they do out of love they don't know Right. So, so be, being able to see a nice, healthy boundary and, and in your profession, the fact that you're setting these boundaries uh, is really great. So congratulations. Yeah. So we like, for instance, we don't let parents watch sessions. It sets up a really mm -hmm. weird situation where they might like come in and try to like overstep the coach or if they don't like something. Cause a lot of the parents that are, have kids that come in with us were ex athletes themselves at high levels. And so, you know, it can set up a really weird standard where if they think that you're doing something wrong, they want to overstep and overcorrect you. And, and that sets up a bad relationship with the kid and then a bad relationship with the parent. So we usually just tell parents like, look, you can peep and watch a little bit, but ideally we don't want you there. The other thing is like for the other kids in the, in the room, they get sometimes really uncomfortable when there's a parent that's really like kind of helicoptering over and they feel like, you know, they're being watched and then they become tentative. And when we do things that are a little bit more free expression and free play, they're a little bit more reserved and less expressive. So we try to remove the parents from the sessions as much as possible, not because we don't want them involved, but just because it allows kids to be kids and build a better relationship and feel comfortable trying things and maybe failing in a controlled environment and not feeling like there's a negative outcome. That's awesome. Congratulations. Yeah, that's, I appreciate that's that. really cool. That's, that's actually something, that's something that my, uh, my wrestling coach, he, he really focused on really keeping the parents out of it, unless they wanted to be like a, a guest coach, which some of the, some of uh, my teammates, they, their, their fathers uh, were, were like ex Olympic athletes and, and whatnot. And, and uh, they would come in as guest coaches and, and it was just like, okay, that's, I, I actually never really thought about it that way until, until you, you had said it, it, it and it all makes sense now. It's just like, because the environment that I had before, before uh, high school and my, my team won state and we were top five, top three, top four uh, every, every year that uh, I went there. And, um, and I think that that is a huge part of it because the environment before high school, 
the the parents were always just like it's like there's always that wrestling mom that like walks up it's like oh my gosh like <laughs> don't do that with my son it's like lady get out of here like right we're wrestling and right. then <laughs> if you remove that then it's it's just pure it's just pure just wrestling it's you and the coach and if you like if the kid is uncomfortable kid has a has a voice like can say something about it and that's that i feel like that's really important 100 percent. we also empower the kids too to be able to be in a free environment and just like you said before eric uh let the athletes um you know release the athletes to go to play and i think there's a lot of value and setting that boundary which i can tell you set for your athletes to be able to have sessions with other parents being involved and I think, yeah, Braxton is going to be set up for the future. Um, I have a question. So if you, if you, what's that? I was going to say one last thing on that is it's interesting. If you look at like research on motor learning, for instance, and skill acquisition, uh, it's pretty plain to say that, see that in any drill that you do with someone who's trying to acquire a new skill, that they need to have a specific amount of a failure rate. Uh, not so much that it's only failure, but it's, I think it's usually around 30 to 40% of the time that they're doing the drill, they should fail, which sets up uh, an environment to actually learn and then try and improve and acquire that skill. If they're only doing things that they're hundred percent successful at, they're not pushing the limit of skill acquisition and to learn. Um, and part of that is not over coaching and just letting them try to self-organize and figure it out. Mm. And if the parents are in the sessions, sometimes they think that I'm being lazy because I'm not coaching the kid, but part of being a good coach is like, Hey man, just let them figure it out a little bit. Let them do a few reps, let them try it. And then let's have a conversation uh, and see if they can understand where they're coming from. But failure is part of the process of skill acquisition. And, you know, it's a hard thing to wrap your head around when you think you're paying for someone to, you know, only over cue. You definitely have to know when to, know when to shut up as a trainer. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Right. And that applies in real life too. And Mm -hmm. again, I've dealt with that a lot with my clients, you know, they'll do, they'll do stuff and they'll fail and they'll be like, well, why'd you let me do it to begin with? I'm like, because if I would have told you, no, you would have wanted to do it. So I sit back and I let you and I'm here to support you. Now that you failed, let's learn from it. Let's pick yourself up. Let's move forward and kill it. And uh, it, it works really well. That's awesome. So Eric, you, um, you, have your, you have some really high level top tier certifications. Um, and I wanted to ask you some advice. Like I've seen you speak at different types of camps and you're very knowledgeable in what you do. So at, you, know, you have your USA weightlifting certification level one. And then you have the CSCS. So I have my CSCS in two weeks. Uh, and my goal is to really bring new knowledge to my clients and to be able to um, one day do what you're doing. Because like with my internship, I did coach young athletes and I want to run camps in the future and just right. to learn more. But like from your perspective, what would your advice be for me two weeks out for the CSCS exam? Like uh, test, like uh, exam strategies to try to ace it. <laughs> What's the, what's the best way to cheat no right well i'll tell you this here this is this is the, this is the honest truth when it comes to the cfcs and they, they'll probably take me off the advisory board for the oregon state clinic after i say this but we can edit, we can edit this part out all right well yeah you might need to edit this but between you and me between you and me forget everything you know about strength and conditioning study the book read the book learn the book take the test pass the test forget everything you ever read in the book and I say that because a lot of the information, at least in the renditions that I wrote, read, were a little ambiguous and not always perfectly correct for what's actually applicable in real life. So it's very theoretical in nature, but like practical application would not suggest that that's the right way to do it. And there's sometimes, and I could be wrong, but if I remember correctly, you know, they consider things like anaerobic or aerobic capacity and aerobic power to be the same thing, which we all know is not true. So, um, yeah, so there's also new research that comes out all the time. That's the other part of it is like, you might read some research today that you're like, damn, like there's just research that just came out a systematic review on uh, strength and condition or strength training as a means for improving mobility. And has demonstrated that that is mm. as if not more effective than just general stretching and mobility drills. Well, I bet that's not published in the CSCS. And if there was a question somehow in the test about, Hey, what's more effective for improving mobility, mobility drills or strength training, strength training would be the right answer right now, but might not be the right answer that they're looking for based off what's in the book. That's so fair. forget all your current knowledge, only t- like take the knowledge from the book and only apply that. 
I'll also say that the questions aren't set up to trick you. They're very straightforward. You either know it or you don't. So like, don't double, you know, don't double on anything. And they're, also, it's only ABC, so that's kind of nice. You got thirty three percent chance. Yeah, there's, there's, there's no, there's no like like work problem questions where you have to write write a little you know essay or explain something. Right. So just just study the book. Only answer off mm-hmm. what you've read in the book, um, and just know that they're not trying to trick you. So don't overthink anything. God, it's it's weird how that um, I went to school for being a life coach. It was the same thing. It, it was just like this makes no sense. Like they're teaching right. you. Of, of what to say and what to do and some of the things they did is like that's stupid you know but right. but i did i did it i i did the book i did the testing and then afterwards i just scrapped it all created my own thing and yeah. i'm very successful at what i do today because i scrapped that stuff that just, it doesn't apply yeah you, you know it's, it's just some things and, and it's it's so funny but like you said too it's always changing yeah. everything is changing because more technology is getting out there more people are learning all these things so that's great advice actually and take and take well, the, what's one of the take the practice test in there. Like all the, the end of chapter quizzes, like reread the summary notes and just take those. You'll be straight. I promise you. <laughs> the, the practice test in the, uh, yeah. in the textbook. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm going to buy one from the NSCA just to, you know, get one of those practice, practice exam booklets and just take that and learn everything I can. Um, one way that, that I learned or I'm learning how to remember all the content was to actually put out content. So right. if I'm actually this laptop and i'm like literally i have a little uh playlist on the youtube channel where i just kind of like you know talk about overtraining or detraining just mm-hmm. kind of put it out there and then in the future i kind of want to um you know kind of follow in your footsteps eric and like be able to coach people on what i've learned sure because like the whole reason for me my kind of why is to teach people so that i can better understand whatever kind of knowledge i've learned but yeah it's kind of one of my methods is just to you know, record myself talking about it or just to write it down. But, um, well, I, you know, I appreciate that. I, I, you know, I was very fortunate to have some phenomenal mentors that I'm still very close to today that are the reason why I feel like I am where I am. And, you know, I've also been very fortunate to have some unique experiences. Obviously I've been at a division one school. I've, I've uh, been an outside consultant for, uh, Olympic programs. I've, uh, you know, worked with youth kids. I've worked with, you know, NFL draft prep stuff. And I want to pay that forward because the mentors that I had are honestly the reason why I'm shaped in the coach today. So, you know, we offer internships. We let people come shadow whenever they want, just because I want people to understand what this profession is. And I mean, also to be completely honest with them, like, dude, it's kind of gritty. It's not your nine to five job. It's not super sexy. You don't make a lot of money at it, you know, at least not initially. Um, Weird hours. And so, yeah, we super weird hours. I mean, split shifts. I mean, it's, it's crazy. So uh, I enjoy trying to pay it for it. I probably don't know that much and I'm probably not, I'm probably too young to be in a position to try to run an internship and things like that. But it's uh, it's, it means a lot to me to, to have that opportunity to do that for people. Well, it seems like you're hitting the ground running this year in 2021. Um, How did you pivot during the whole just crisis during 2020 like what was your mainstay like what kept your base eric like right during 2020 when all the crazy pandemic stuff happened yeah you know in a weird way it happened at the perfect time for me personally um with how weird the hours are and everything it allowed me to be with my family a little bit more i'm sure you hear that answer a lot from a lot of people but being a new dad with a kid that's under two um you know i just basically got to spend nine months with them you know five to 10 hours more a day than I normally would. Um, So that was really cool to have that opportunity to build those relationships. Uh, It gave me a lot of really good opportunities for me and my staff to double down on continuing education. We revamped all of our systems. Uh, You know, we reset staff goals. We just got closer as a staff, you know, it was tough time. So we got really close personally as well through all of this. Um, And, you know, as a business, we, we just tried to figure out best practices. So, you know, we provided, uh, you know, Zoom sessions, at-home workouts, you know, uh, we did conference calls with kids all the time. We did field sessions when we could, um, basically anything we could do. And we're fortunate that we have a lot of people who are really fighting to be in our corner. And so even some of the clients are like, look, we're not going to take advantage of your services, but you can keep us on as a client for a monthly payment because we want to use this as a charitable note donation to keep those doors open. So we know you're there when, when things clear up. So, um, wow. We're very fortunate in that regard. 
we have an awesome client base of people who are amazing uh, and also want to pay it forward. And uh, I'll also say that the staff that I have around me did a phenomenal job of embracing it and kind of pivoting and adapting and making the best out of it. That's incredible. That's incredible. You, you had the, the trust of your clientele to just, you know, pay the monthly and to be able to kind of support you and the end your, your whole staff around you. Um, and that's with your, your current company. Like you've, you've had them, everybody is like coaching athletes within your company. Correct. Yeah. You know, it's, it, we're, we're, it's a really unique situation. So we have a fitness side. Uh, it's, it's slowly growing, but uh, I'm really happy to say, I guess, in a way that uh, the majority of coaches that I have on staff, you know, they all really want to be sports performance coaches. So I'd say 90% of the coaching that they do is with athletes, which is very unique. That doesn't happen that often. So um, it was a tough sled and it's a long process to get it going, but um, yeah, we're, we're very fortunate to be able to have the majority of our client base be athletes. Cause that's who we want to work with. Now for the, the people who, you know, want to be personal trainers, um, and for people listening who don't know what a strength and conditioning coach is, could you kind of enlighten them on who, who you are and what that means to you and <laughs> basically how somebody could benefit from learning from a strength coach? Right. Yeah. So I guess, you know, strength and conditioning coach, sports performance coach, I mean, you know, whatever people want to call it, their flavor of the month. Um, you know, the biggest difference is that we work primarily with athletes. So our goal is increasing athletic performance and in, in reducing the risk of injury where general population, personal trainers, you know, primarily work with general population, people who are looking to improve, you know, health, fitness and well-being or just individual goals but not necessarily prepping for a sporting outcome so to speak so uh, a lot of what we do um, you know we have very thorough evaluation processes to look at things like power speed elasticity change of direction strength to body weight ratios um, and then we have a lot of research that we've done on looking at um, like game analysis so like how many yards does a player run based off position in the sport that they play and building out specific programs to prep them for the demands of their sport and their position based off their age and based off what we see from those individual evaluations. Um, again, where a personal trainer is a little bit more on the, Hey, you know, you got, you know, diabetes, let me help you with your blood pressure, you know, your resting heart rate, um, things of that nature. Where one is, you know, performance for strength coaches and trainers are more, you know, getting people to get, get better health and to, you know, basically, go from being out of shape to being, you know, jacked and tan or whatever the person's goal, right. goal is. That's the cool right. part it's, about being a coach like, and a trainer. Yeah. It's kind of like, you know, performance for sports versus like personal trainings, like you're training for life, which is unbelievable. Um, you know, we, we, some of the personal training clients that we have are, you know, moms of three kids who have crazier schedules than we do. And they still find a way to get in the gym, you know, five o'clock in the morning, three days a week and, and bust ass. And they're way tougher than a lot of the athletes we work with. I'll tell you that much. So, um, it's just, you know, pivot and focus, um, based off of, you know, what their goals are and, you know, a change in some of the methodology, but I'd say a lot of the underlying principles stay the same. Mm -hmm. I, I feel do you, like, do you have the, any, sorry, Connor, what it, I was gonna say, uh, do you have any advice for, for people, um, who like for family members or like people that are listening that struggle with like mindset and being able to just across that barrier and like oh, right. i can't work out i don't have time like do you have advice for people to like get get their mind right and to get their body right yeah so first and foremost something is better than nothing it doesn't need to be perfect done is always better than perfect so like for me like in full transparency when we had braxton and i wasn't sleeping that much like as a guy who prided himself on being a high level competitive weightlifter at the national level my workouts became going on a walk and pushing them around in the stroller. And I had to accept the fact that that's as good as it was going to get for me for, you know, that period of time and be all right with that. So understanding that like, it's not all or nothing and it can start anywhere with any little bit. So something is better than nothing. Some physical activity is better than no physical activity. Uh, and also it doesn't have to be like what you think it has to be. Meaning like, you know, if you enjoy like bird watching, I don't know, like, that counts as physical activity. You don't have to be in a gym lifting weights or on a treadmill or running or have your Fitbit on. Um, you know, it can be anything that's physically active. Like my brother is a very high end woodworker and he does 
everything by hand. So he used zero power tools. And you, if you look at how hard that dude works in an eight hour shift, um, I would consider that a good workout and physical activity. Manual labor is a phenomenal workout and physical activity. So just changing the focus and the lens to appreciate that, you know, any movement's good movement and anything that gets you from not being sedentary is healthy. So that's good advice. Yeah, I feel like I feel like being active. <laughs> I'm I'm, Tre- I'm just really like, tired. I'm losing it. I'm losing my mind right now. <laughs> I, 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 Dude, I, I, was gonna, I, I was gonna say, Trevor, you don't have a kid, so you have no excuse. Well, Trevor <laughs> was um, doing doing curls while he was bird watching today. <laughs> I, I, was that, I was I was working it, on the house. <laughs> yeah. I, I lost my question. I, I was I was just, but it was it was along it was along the lines of of what Connor had asked, but. Um, I wanted to know what what does uh what does your day to day look? Like? Are you more focused on training your your clients or or cl- training clients, or are you more focused on training up your trainers right. so that so that your your business is more successful in that realm? Yeah, so I guess like you know, COVID's a weird year, so it's hard to hard to say exactly what it looks like right now but i'd say in a typical year what well, we're in we're almost in february so right now in a typical year a typical day would look like uh, i would get in pretty early uh, we have high school groups that go from 6 a.m to 8 a.m in the morning in a typical non-covid year uh, so i'd get in i would run a couple of those groups from six to eight uh, from like you know eight to nine i'm answering emails doing the sales side kind of the business side uh, and then from nine to ten uh, is usually when we have our MLB athletes, professional athletes who come in. Uh, and then from 10 to about 12 is when we have our NFL off season. And if we're doing anything with pro day or combine prep. Uh, and so that takes me to about 12. Uh, and then from 12 to about two or three, uh, I switch gears and put a different hat on. We do staff meetings, continue education, uh, you know, the non-sexy side of business. So trying to get payments ran, you know, paying bills, meeting with the other ownership partners about, you know, what, what's to come in new quarters um, in terms of camps we want to release or, you know, ways to continue to extend our business. Uh, if we have an internship going on, that's when we'll do all of our internship lectures or our practical application and things like that. So I guess you could say, you know, the morning's really coaching and, and it's working with the athletes. The, the afternoon is, you know, working on the business. Understood. Understood. Got it. What does a, what does a future really look like for, or what do you impic- what do you picture your future will be with your company and right. for your, for your clients and whatnot? Yeah, you know, uh, well, assuming we, which I'm sure we will get back on track with everything from COVID and we can get back into everything we were doing before at full capacity with in-person stuff. Um, you know, my goal is to, to develop a business and, you know, I would say I use kind of like a horizontal leadership style. So yes, I have coaches that I'm their boss, but they all have huge amounts of autonomy and they have huge amounts of say, um, as you can probably appreciate, like, if I just sit in the office and tell them how to run stuff on the floor, you know, if you don't have skin in the game, you don't understand like what it's really like. Mm -hmm. Like if I'm like, Hey, we should be able to have 15 kids in at one time. Like you go run a session with 15 kids and they're all back squatting and then come talk to me. You know what I mean? There's one coach and every one of them's on different programs. Um, So being realistic to that, but uh, I got big, I got big goals, man. I'm hoping that the staff that we have, uh, we just are settling up to have a third facility. So we have one in, in the, east side of portland one on the central portland and one on like that services the west side of portland uh, i have a head coach that runs each one of those facilities once you know covid restrictions are uh lightened up uh, and then i kind of oversee all of it and then have my own clientele you know my hope is that each one of those guys in the next year or two that we can build out to have really respectable salaries with great job security and you know something that's unusual for sports performance in the private sector provide health care mm-hmm you know, and some of the benefits that you don't see from just working at, you know, a global gym or a 24 hour fitness. So um, my biggest goal is making sure that the coaches that we have on staff, this is the only thing that they have to answer to. They don't have to have a second job. They don't have to worry about their Mm -hmm. income. uh, And within reason, they can have a good work-life balance. So that's more important to me than, you know, anything I do personally is giving them the platform to be really successful and, and have uh, just like the athletes, a huge positive experience with something they're super passionate about. That's awesome. That's really cool. I love that. Got to keep the community of uh, 
the sports performance coaches together, especially when there was a time where a lot of gyms were closed. So right, I really respect that you're taking care of your whole staff, Eric, and like you're able to like keep them together and be able to provide that kind of insurance for the future, so that they they can specialize in what they do and do what they love. And I feel like that's going to be huge. Like you're going to be ahead of the curve and like really stand out with E4s, like especially going into, going into 2021 and like assuming that we don't have any more closures, like it's, you're going right. to really hit the ground running. Well, uh, I'll tell you what, you know, one thing that I am probably honestly to date, one of my proudest moments is not with the professional athletes that I've worked with um, or some of the higher end clients of like my, you know, people, at, if people were to ask like, what's your you know proudest moment so far, it's when we shut down the first time for those three months, as a business, we had set things up so well, and this is not just me, but the other two owners that I work with, that we were able to come to the coaches we have on staff and say, hey, I know we don't really have hours for you or your hours are getting drastically cut, but we will be able to pay you exactly what you got paid for those last, like on the average of the last month moving forward, regardless of what your hours are for the next three wow. months. So if, if you don't coach wow. another kid for three months, like here's your salary for three months and it's not going to go anywhere, even if we're completely shut down for the next three months. So that's awesome. to give that stability. Um, that's, that's what I'm most proud of more so than any athlete that I've worked with. Okay. How can I apply? <laughs> right. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, seriously. Um, how can people who are aspiring or current strength and condition coaches uh, reach out to your company and eForce and, get started there because I, I i know you mentioned wanting to or having some interest in interning in the future mm -hmm. but how could somebody become a strength coach with eForce and performance yeah so you know uh again kind of on the same lines i was talking about is i want to make sure i take care of everybody that we have on staff so before we go and just hire someone else i want to make sure that you know everybody on the team is comfortable with where they are and they felt like they're for lack of a better term maxed out before we bring someone else in because I want to respect who we have and I want to take care of who we've currently got. You know, our adage is that high tides raise all ships. So if one person is doing good, everybody should be going to doing good. Um, so really what it comes down to is, uh, you know, what we provide primarily for up and coming strength coaches is internship opportunities. We typically do them in the most busy times of the year for us, which is uh, summer and winter. Um, we don't have an internship going on right now, just again with COVID in a weird year, but uh, winter time and summer, uh, I usually hire off the internship. Um, so that, that way it's like an extended interview for eight to 12 weeks for me, they get to learn the system. The athletes get familiar with them. So if we do hire them on after that, the athletes aren't like, Oh shoot, I'm working with this guy I've never met before. Like, who is this? Um, and they get a little uncomfortable or whatever. So, um, if you want to be involved or, or be around eForce, we offer just daily shadows. People can just come in and check it out and talk shop and, and see what we got going on. Um, if you want something a little bit more extensive, you know, our internship, when we post it on, on the website, um, you know, apply for that. We usually take three to five, depending on the year. Um, and then as we have jobs that open up, if you did an internship with us, you're on the short list right off the bat to get a call to see if it's something that you want to do. One of the biggest things that I learned was how to, um, during my internship was, how to create and foster relationships with the clientele. Um, you know, we actually had my coach, my coach Kyle Bangin on the podcast, and he uh, is a sports performance coach at Samaritan Athletic Medicine, which is right by Reeser. Sure. And I, I interned there for like the entire summer and I learned so much. And I think um, <laughs> all that book stuff, like it was, it was, there was so much more valuable lessons that I learned from working under him and to be able to work with the people and understand like, Hey, like, it's not just like three to six sets. It's about how you coach it, knowing when to shut up and knowing how to coach like, you know, your average, you know, um, you know, mom or your, your um, young athletes. But I think being able to get an inter internship is very valuable. Yeah. And well, you nailed, you nailed it, man. Uh, obviously going back to my, my upbringing, like I got parents that are basically psychologists for lack of a better term. So, uh, you know, having the soft skills, right. is super, super important. The X and the nose, obviously yep. you need that there and everybody knows that. But, um, one thing that we do on our coaching side is we operate off the idea of building intrinsic motivation, uh, and we build mm -hmm. intrinsic motivation, um, by, uh, 
the idea of giving autonomy uh, and then giving relatedness and connectedness. Um, those are kind of the three pillars that we do um, to, to give people that, that kind of confines of success. And that's built off the theory of self-determination theory. So, um, which is a psychological principle of building intrinsic motivation. That's intense. Yeah. Also, the best way to build some buy-in with your, uh, with your athletes. 100 percent so yeah you know we we do the 80 20 rule, next right? uh 80 20 what's that 80 20 you get to do 80 percent of the stuff we tell you to do 20 percent's on you so if you want to get swole afterwards <laughs> and get the get the delts or the buys or whatever you know kids love to do their calf raises or they got no calf so send it but all you dude i, you I had a question the basics and do I had a question yeah. about uh, about you and and your family. I haven't I haven't talked to to Jenna in forever, but uh, just just thinking about about you guys in in uh, future stuff. Are you guys planning on uh, on maybe having more kids or or what what's oh. what's uh, what's a future hold for you guys? Right. No, that's a great question, man. Well, first and foremost, uh, I'm sure a lot of the guys say this, but gosh, she's a rock, dude. If it wasn't for her, I'm like a chicken with my head cut off. I can't yeah. focus. I feel like I got ADD and I'm so passionate about the, the coaching side of things that I'd, prefer, I'd probably forget about Braxton. Somewhere. Dude, I, I feel uh, that 100%. <laughs> <for Braxton. laughs> but uh, no, man, part, part of the reason- I take I'm back like, what I said about being a good father. Right. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, man, part of the reason I got in the private sector was the job security and kind of building out my own schedule. So family super important to me. Uh, I think we both can say that we want a, a bigger family. So, you know, there, there'll definitely be more little ones on the way. Um, and, and just that, that opportunity would be great to, to continue to, to build our family out. And uh, yeah, dude, she, she holds down the fort. She, she's nails. That's awesome, man. That is so cool. Yeah. I, uh, beautiful. So just like my, my fiance and I, we, uh, we plan on having, I don't know, a, a few kids right, and a basketball uh, team. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> we're like gymnastics Russian team because right. we're all Russian short. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. I feel you on that. Yeah. I'm five, eight yeah. on a good day. But that, that's what I was going to say is just that, uh, we're, we're pretty similar in the fact that like my fiance is really fit. Uh, you guys as a couple are really fit. Just we're, just genetic freaks, man. Just going to be, so, I don't mean, they're going to be athletes in something. They're yeah. going to, they're going to be either dance, gymnastics, something. And I, I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited to see what, what happens in the future. hundred percent. Yeah. We'll have a bunch of little meathead blockheads running around. <laughs> yes. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to remember to put my kids into uh, gymnastics and dancing. That's a, that's a big one. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, I need to sign off, guys. I'm I'm about to pass out. That's okay. I think we're I think we're at a good stopping point. We really want to thank you so much for being here tonight. Yeah, thank you, Eric. I appreciate it, man. Dude, my pleasure. Thanks, uh, I appreciate you guys reaching out to have me on. I hope uh, our fallen soldier Josh is doing all right, <laughs> curled up. You know, I know, right? Chicken. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll definitely have to call you back and uh, have you have you on the show again. Sure. Yeah. You just uh, let me know, yeah, man. The, I'd love to. I got to get it okayed by the boss so I don't take up too much of the time <laughs> away from the kid. But check the yeah, schedule. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'd love to be back on. You just say when. All right. That's sounds awesome. good, man. All right, Eric. Thank you so much. Have a great night. Yeah. Thank you guys you. as well. Bye. Bye bye. Okay. Bye. And thank All you right. very much. I mean, what a great, what a great episode. I mean, it's so nice. I think he's about our third or no, he's our fourth stretch co strength coach we've had on around there. And, and each one has given us a complete different perspective about, about things and about coaching in general and the advice um, for, for helping young athletes has been amazing. So thank you both very much for, for inviting him, Josh, we miss you, man. We hope you, you feel better and uh, everybody else. Thank you. Have a great week. Have a good night. Thank you.